Welcome to your spiritual broadcast with David Goddard. This podcast is about everything occult, alchemy, Kabbalah, angelic magic, ritual, and so much more. Join David Goddard and Benjamin Phillips as we explore the world of true spiritual living, dedicated to a better world. David is a spiritual teacher and author. He teaches worldwide and is the spiritual director of the Rising Phoenix Foundation. Here's David Goddard and me, Benjamin Phillips, with your spiritual broadcast. Hello, David. How are you? I am well, thank you, Benjamin. How's your good self? Terrific. Another your spiritual broadcast. Thanks again for your time. Um, We're talking about a very interesting person today for our listeners. The person's name is Paul Foster Case, and... Anybody who knows you, David, um, have heard of you. Spe- heard you speak of Paul Foster Case quite a number of times, and I, I recall often you saying that, or you expressing the opinion that Paul Foster Case was one of the most influential teachers of the last century, and you also say that his legacy is still with us today. So, I wanted to begin maybe with a little bit of a backstory on Paul Foster Case for the sake of our listeners get an idea of sort of where he comes from and a little bit about sort of his initial startup, if one could call Mm. it that. Well, as you say, I've often referred to him as the most influential teacher. I suppose if I was to be more blunt about it, I would say it's it's because he's one of the best teachers of the period. Ah. For me, he's up there with Dion Fortune and that kind of level. Um, and uh, yes, anyway, it's easier to talk about it when we've got some sense of his background, as you say. He was born in the 1880s in New York State, and he's written uh, a fair number of books, but more than anything else is he wrote lots and lots and lots of lessons. His most famous books in print are are, um, what some regard as his magnum opus, True and Invisible Rosicrucian Order. That's a title that trips off the tongue. Totally. Mm, and uh, more famously, his um, tarot, Key to Wisdom of the Ages. But by far his greatest contributions were the lessons he wrote for the members for the various occult schools that he founded. Mm. Nowadays, most people know him because of um, Builders of the Adytum, or BOTA for short. Yeah. Uh, but that was actually the last of the scores he founded. Um, he had done several over the over the decades and years, as well as belonging to very influential esoteric and esoteric organisations, which will come to later. Um, and it's mainly the lessons to these schools um, where you get the greater... Uh, part of his work. I mean, the BOTA course, I think, is about 15 years fifteen years long. Hmm. Well, it's divided into courses. Hmm. And, of course, it's had been twiddled around with. Um, and now, because a lot of his work is out of copyright, because he's been, uh, in theory, dead over 50 years, hmm. um, other people are grabbing up the stuff and turning them into books, which you can get on Amazon and things. So... You know, things that we only had once as courses and things are now becoming more and more um, popular. In my personal opinion, um, 
his teachings are worth their weight in gold. Mm-hmm. And um, though for how long that will go on, I'm not too sure, because um, like a lot of American writers of the period, his written English is is exquisite. It's very, very good and very clear. Um, whereas the English writers of the same period, like W. Butler and Hartley, Dion Fortune, were still kind of influenced by Victorian writing, so they're forever sticking lines of poetry in and this kind of thing. <laughs> Cases is much kind of clearer. Mm. But nowadays, even nowadays, for the modern generation, his, his language is so precise... Um, that uh, already I've noticed with some younger people in particular, they struggle with what's being written. Mm. It's like reading um, Chaucer. Well, no, not not as bad, not but, as much as that. Um, yeah, but, but, I know what you mean. Yeah, but I mean, it's um, it's like reading Einstein. Right. You know? Yeah. Very good if you can, if you have a concentration span longer than, you know, Grasshopper. 20 seconds, but mm. most young people don't anymore. So that's very difficult. Another subject for another day. I think we, <laughs> we, it seems like we're collecting a lot of these other subjects for other days, for other shows. But yes, I, I think it's, yes, we're going to call it for a lead day. Yeah. <laughs> the, the 10 million subjects that Benjamin Phillips and David Goddard can get themselves into deep trouble with. No, anyway. I, I, I haven't even finished today's podcast. Yeah, that, is that, is, that is true. That is true. Okay, <laughs> back to Paul Foster case. So, I yeah. guess, I guess we we sort of know his origins. How did he actually get involved in occultism and magic? Do we know any any sort of history of of how that began? Yes, we did. Um, here I'm jumping. Actually, at one point, um, the master of wisdom that Paul was an accepted pupil of. Uh, what most people call the master R, R for the letter R, um, once said once said of Paul to some other people, um, although he'd be incredibly embarrassed to hear it, um, uh, he's highly developed psychically. I mean, bear in mind, this was the same master who was once said... <laughs> I just rec- Sorry, when you write these things, you don't always recall everything you've heard. But I've heard, I know of several people who once said, of Paul Foster Case himself, the worst thing he was ever heard to have called another person was to say that he or she was a very green apple on the tree of life. Funny. Meaning they weren't ripe yet. Mm-hmm. Now, when I think of some of the things I've called people in my time, I thought, if that's all he's done, he's doing really soul. well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when you hear his own master saying, "We didn't exactly choose you for the, for we didn't choose you for the niceness of your personality," <laughs> I kind of fell through the ground. I thought, <laughs> "Well, that's what the master regards as <laughs> unpleasant." Anyway, yeah. but you'll you'll see that he was he was a very gifted person. The age is five. I mean, his, his father was a deacon in some um, Protestant Christianity thing on the East Coast, but his mother was a gypsy. And whether that's where you get the influence on Tower later, I'm not sure. Hmm. But um, she began to teach him to play the piano and the age of five, and he played organ too. And he trained for many years as a concert pianist. Hmm. In fact, there's a story, whether it's allegorical, I couldn't tell you, 
that um, he was once said he could either go forward and have a very successful career as a professional concert pianist or give his life over to esoteric work and teachings and making it available to people. Hmm. Um, but nevertheless, he, he did continue to play. And uh, for a lot of his life, he substituted his earnings by playing the organ, both in churches, and in fact, he later on even became a liberal Catholic priest, which is a kind of esoteric form of Christianity. But he started off being the organist for their services, but he also used to play in cinemas. Oh, really? Wow. Remember, this was silent movie days. Right, right. And it was the organist with the Wurlitzer who gave all the, you know, and here comes the baddie, dun, 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 and all this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So he was very talented, and he started on a career, um, not just piano and organ, I mean, he apparently violin and um, was a very good conductor. Hmm. But he was very um, attracted to the occult, and he used to experience these very vivid dreams. Nowadays, we probably call them lucid dreams. And when he was quite young, he wrote to Rudyard Kipling. Now, I don't know if you remember, Kipling did the Jungle Books hmm. and many, many things, and he used to encourage children with, um, you know, for pen pals and things. And um, Case wrote to him, and he mentioned about this voice he kept hearing in his dreams and in his reveries, and his parents had told him it was nonsense, and he was asking Kipling. And Kipling said to him that um, he should pay attention to it. This comes in later on. Mm. So um, in about 1900, Case meet. Uh, a guy called Claude Bragdon, who was really an architect but had a reputation for occultism. But anyway, during, during the course of meeting, um, they're talking about um, uh, books in the library, and Case had discovered a tarot deck from a, a, something called The Game of Man. It was the name of a book. Right. And um, uh, Bragdon encouraged him in this, and uh, of course, tarot then became Casey's lifelong study. You could say it was the knowledge of tarot that brought him on to later on onto Kabbalah. Right. And of course, his creation of what is called the Case Deck, which is its correct name, which is a kind of um, purified, purified, improved form of the Rider Waite deck. It's claimed that it's the deck as it should be, without the kind of the blinds that the case rider weight deck has. And as you know, I've always recommended this case deck, which you can colour yourself, yes. as ideal for proper meditation and alchemical work. Mm -hmm. There has since then been done a colour deck, not that it's produced as a deck you can actually buy as cards, but the coloured form is actually known as the BOTA deck. There's a, a myth running around that the uncoloured deck is a BOTA. Case deliberately, like much of his work, did not put his name to things. He did not copyright them, not because he was forgetful, but he wanted them to be there for all aspirants. Mm. <clears throat> so, you know, um, things like, like he's known for, like the pattern on the trestle board, the case deck and things, were deliberately left out of copyright by him to make them available. 
Anyway, between the ages of 20 and mid-20s, Case began to practice yoga. Now, he'd been influenced by um, Swami Vivekananda. Vivekananda had been one of the Indian saint Ramakrishna's, one of his chief pupils. And he'd been sent to America. There was an organization just been started called the World Government of Religions or something like that. But the idea was to kind of study, you know, what all the religions had in common and, you know, this kind of thing. And they still meet every year. And Vivekananda was the gift, was the guest speaker. Now, Case, in his writings, will occasionally quote from other people. But certainly I would say probably even more so than Eliphaz Levy that Case quotes from quite a bit. It's Vivekananda he quotes from more than anybody else. He had a huge impact on Case. And uh, Vivekananda was basically bringing Vedanta over to the West, but he realized that naming all these Hindu gods and goddesses would be meaningless to wasps, to white American Protestants, and to Europeans generally. Mm, And so he hit upon the the, the correct form of, of, you know, referring to the goddesses as symbols of the subconscious, the gods as symbols of the self-conscious, and superconsciousness being the supreme state. And that that terminology case took up big time and used for that is teaching, of explaining things in those terms. Um, but it was probably because of Vivekananda that Case turned his attention to yoga, and he practiced it with gusto, particularly pranayama, from sources that were uh, published sources that were available. But he 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 came a cropper. Um, he obviously had a very sensitive body anyway, and um, the the practices and the fasting and the diet uh, began to cause him mental and emotional difficulties hmm. due to oversensitivity. And it was because of this, this led him with a lifelong concern that occult practice should not be done without proper guidance and training, and that's probably what led him to found the various schools. Hmm. There is the story, again, it's anecdotal. Bear in mind, I've spoken to several people over the years who actually knew Case in person. Right. Um, and um, But it's said that after one weekend retreat of this yoga stuff, he came back into the city, and he was just, like, knocked over by the negativity of the collective aura of the city and the rush of humanity and all right. the rest of the things. Mm. Yeah. And apparently, they say, he, he straight away, he, he bought a packet of cigarettes, smoked all of them, went to a restaurant, ordered a bottle of red wine and a steak so rare it probably still mooed on the plate. <laughs> Funny. To close himself down. Right, yes, <laughs> <And> of course. <laughs> and he then decided that the eastern approach outside of an ashram and more alarmistry was not appropriate for the 20th century person living in an urban city, hmm. which, of course, is true. Interesting. He also got involved with um, Secret of Mental Magic, um, somebody called Ramachakaraka. And so he was influenced by New Age thought. New Age was what we would nowadays call positive thinking, affirmations, new science, Christian science, Eddie, 
or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then after he is, uh, uh, he then becomes drawn by meeting somebody called Michael Whitsey. He then learns about the Western tradition, which he takes to like a duck to water. Hmm. And um, Whitsey ran a, uh, a cult magazine called The Word. It was very well thought of in America in its day. And uh, uh, Case used to contribute to it. He did a whole series of articles on the tarot. And this really made the occult community start to buzz because he's decodifying and it and showing things that we now, as modern occultists, we now take for granted. He was the one who shows how the Hebrew letters go to the cards and mm. what signs the zodiac and planets, etc. And it's through Witty that Case joins the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Mm -hmm. um, because of his development, he, he went through the, up through the grades rather fast. He ended up being Premonstrator, which just means like big, big... Um, big bus. Organizing manager right. for North America and Canada. Um, but he missed doing Hierophant. That means being like the, um, the guiding ritual officer. Okay. And uh, he was very grateful for this later on. But anyway, he's in, he's in the uh, Golden Dawn. Uh, doing lots of work there. He's getting the whole thing going, setting up, you know, lodges and chapters and all the rest of them things. Well, in Golden Dawn history at this particular time, McGregor Mathers, who'd been one of the founder members, had died. And the person now really running the show was his widow, a um, person called Moyna Mathers. Right. Well, Case fell out with her because he was allegedly discussing the subject of sex magic. Well, perhaps we should do a um, podcast on the subject just to see <laughs> if we can raise up Moyna Mathers to come back with her knickers in a twist. But anyway, yeah. she got really... Bear in mind, they were post-Victorians. Not that she was prudish, because you know, GD at that level weren't that prudish, but she disapproved of being taught to this particular level. If he was teaching it, how much is actually so? We're not sure. Right. Uh, but anyway, she ended up asking for his resignation. Huh. Well, one thing I will say is, I'm still not pointing the figure at Moyna Mathers because I never knew the woman, but what I do know is, of course, we have exactly the same trouble with Moyna Mathers and Dion Fortune. Mm, interesting. And according to Dion Fortune, in her book Psychic Self-Defense, Moyna Mathers, she launches a psychic full-on magical attack at DF. Hmm. On the other hand, to be fair, who can say? Perhaps because both DF, Dion Fortune, and Paul Foster Case were teacher material, and perhaps she was just kicking them out because she didn't want them, you know, building their nests. Setting the court. From, mm. Yeah. You know, so anyway, as I say, I wasn't there, so I'm not going to pronounce on it. But um, off he goes, and he sets up his first school, the School of Asia's Wisdom, 
Um, and um, yes, and, and and also, of course, uh, he he declared his strong opposition to Enochian magic, which would have upset Moyna because it was her her husband, McGregor Mathis, who had brought the Enochian into the Golden Dawn hmm. system, where it still firmly sits to this day. Why, sorry to interject. I mean, why mm. was Case? What was Case's view on Enochian magic then? I mean, why, why oh. did he take umbrage or opposition to it? Oh, he did. He did. Uh, in fact, and a major contribution was that Michael Whitty, who'd been like his mentor and brought him into the Golden Dawn and things, um, when he died, uh, Case said that, in his opinion, it was because of the Enochian. Oh wow. Um, the Enochian also used, amongst other things, and was a very, you know, kind of jarbled system. And, um, but also in the Golden Dawn, at the same time, they would use god forms, Coptic, Greco-Egyptian god forms. And so really, when Case comes on to found his later school, BOTA, um, he takes out all the god forms too. He's, in other words, he's doing it with Vekinanda. Let's get rid of the little deities and think of them as states of consciousness and blah, blah, blah. But uh, actually, I have in front of me something he wrote about the Enochian system, where he says, there is much in these Golden Dawn rituals and ceremonies that is of the greatest value. This is him writing to Israel Regardi, by the way. But from the first grade to the last, it is all vitiated, that means weakened, by these dangerous elements taken from... Do- to John Dee and Edward Kelly's work. Furthermore, in many places, the practical working is not provided with adequate safeguards so that to the present writers, that means himself, personal knowledge, an operator working with the Golden Dawn Enochian rituals runs very grave risks of breaking down his physical organism Hmm. or of obsession by evil entities. He also, by the way, regarded this is why Alistair Crowley went off the trolley the way he did mm, mm. for the same kind of thing. Um, I, I remember, because it kind of... One doesn't often get insights into the personality of people like this because they write in a certain way. But there is the one of where um, somebody writes back to Case about this and says... Are you saying that the that the um, the Enochian system is powerless? Hmm. And Case writes back and says, "No, I'm certainly not saying that at all. I'm just saying that it's tainted and dangerous. It's dangerous because it, it does have power." But he he then said, "We have a saying in 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 the southern states here in the USA that there are more ways to roast a pig than by throwing than by." Um, setting fire to a house and throwing the pig into the front door. <laughs> mm. so oh I just God. like it. He does these strange things. But um, Case, like, you know, um, most occultists, those ones who at least were accepted um, pupils, that means in telepathic rapport with hierarchy, they would never touch the Enochia. I mean, mm. you know, um, Paul Foster Case we were speaking about, but Dion Fortune would have nothing to do with Enochian, wouldn't, you know, if you did that, you had to leave her school. Mm. W.E. Butler was the same. Gareth Knight's the same. Mm. None, of the, none of the ones who actually worked with the higher states 
uh, do it and things. Right, right. And in in thirty years, I've seen I've seen nothing but bad come out of the Enochian system. Hmm. Okay. I wanted to actually go back to something you just mentioned. You say accepted accepted pupils, and and case hmm. was an accepted pupil. Um, yes. What would make what makes someone an accepted pupil? Well, it's a bit technicality. Of course, as soon as I say this, there's going to be enough people claiming this to fill... Yeah, fill a hall. You know, mm-hmm. f- yeah. The Albert no. Hall, probably. Uh, yes, or Carnegie Hall, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but anyway, it is what it is. Um, the proof of the puddings and the eating. But um, technically, an accepted pupil is one where a master of wisdom accepts an initiate as their direct pupil. And very often what this means is that the pupil is in telepathic rapport with the master. You notice this in particular with the ones who are called to write in certain ways. So there's, that's the technical form of it. Right. They are within the aura. They can be overshadowed by them. You will notice sometimes when they're teaching or writing and things. This will often leads to the confusion of people starting to kind of idol-worship teachers, whereas one has to be very clear that there's a difference between them in function and when they're being a conduit. Or if you want to use other language, you could say if grace is flowing through them and things, well, you shouldn't confuse that with their ordinary personality. Mm. You know? And I think I just That's to add, just, sorry to just throw that in, just as the thought crossed my mind, I guess they also don't run around with a T-shirt or a little noddy badge that says accepted pupil. Oh, well, exactly, exactly. Like anybody see, saying they're a Rosicrucian, I guess. Well, exactly, exactly. Anybody who claims a Rosicrucian isn't a Rosicrucian. But, um, but you get the similar thing, of course, in the East with the gurus and the lamas, but there you see it's controlled in a different way, hmm. and to, unless they come to the West and go a bit loony, which happens from time to time. Yeah. Um, but uh, generally speaking, in Hinduism and Buddhism, the teacher-pupil's relationship is very ritualized. So even going into the teacher's presence is, is more like, here we'd say it's like going to an audience with the queen. Right. There's, there's a formality to there's it. A process. There's a thing to it and mm, things. Mm. So you're not, you're not exposed to the personality, to the lower self of the teacher. You know? mm. so, but there's an important thing with this, and this is the major th- thing with Case. Remember I told you Kipling said to him about the voice he kept hearing in his dreams? Yes. Mm-hmm. One day, Case gets a phone call out of the blue, and he hears that voice over the phone. Hmm. And oh. he tells him he's waiting for him at the um, Astoria Hotel in that particular city. Hmm. And Case goes there. And there's this person whose voice he knows, who, you know, he knows him. All Case ever says about him was, um, the man was beautiful. He was beautiful in how he used words. He was beautiful in how he dressed. This was no ascetic, you know. Mm. And he was beautiful in how he dealt with people, how he dealt with people. Mm. Case spent three weeks with him. He and since, you know, um, uh, in BOTA and things, they refer to him as the Master R, mm-hmm. R being the initial because they're trying to keep, you know, secrets. It's basically it's the same entity that in um, theosophy is known as as the Master Rakogsky. 
hence mm-hmm. the letter R. Mm. And um, but here's important: um, in alchemy, there's what's called alchemical projection. Um, and Case would say it's in his own notebooks that it's as if the Master R projected the entirety of the teaching into Case's subconscious mind. Hmm. And all he had to do was turn his attention to it, and the entirety of the teaching would flow out. Hmm. So this is Case even saying, hey, don't think I'm the great font of teaching. I'm just the... Yeah, wouldn't this be... I mean, would it be accurate to say it's similar to the terma in the Buddhist sense where... You know, it's 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 something that's kept in the mind and then brought out in the stream in the stream of consciousness. consciousness yes, exactly. Okay, yeah, and then he he could just put himself on the wavelength and it would come out and mm-hmm. things. Of course, there's this person and it's a master R. Well, we'll come to it later. Um, no, it's probably more important. Is um, it wasn't just that meeting, though. That's what lots of people would like everybody to think. Um, for various kind of political things in schools. But it's because um, they stayed in communication for a while afterwards. We know this because the communications, the written transcripts survive. Hmm. Once a week they would communicate with each other. The case was assisted by two others when doing this. And um, the last communication was just before the Suez Canal crisis. Hmm. That happened. And there's a whole body of uh, teaching from the Master R on various aspects of Kabbalah and things like that. Um, it used to be made available to people in builders of the Adytum and things like that, but because of its history, it very it got withdrawn and things, so hmm. lots of people don't know that it exists. I suspect it won't be too long before somebody now, again, because of the there's no copyright on it anymore, I shouldn't think it's going to be too long before it's available in a printed form. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've certainly always encouraged it to be shared with people because... Um, the, the I don't mean just because of its so-called illustrious source, mm. after all. You know, Master Rakowski is you know the Comte de Saint Germain, so it's one of the great, long-lived alchemists. You know, mm. but uh, it is because it is it's amongst the most superior forms of teaching on the subject around. Mm. Um, so I, for one, should be pleased if it becomes more available to people. Yeah, that's uh, very interesting. Uh, I'm actually wondering. Um, so, does the school BOTA uh, that Paul Foster Case founded? still communicate with this contact, the Master R? Um, In the way that I've been speaking about, hmm. not at all, no. Okay. Um, there were some, Paul was succeeded by Anne Davies. It seems that she had the contact, at least to some extent. But after that, it got broken. I mean, which is very easy to do, because these things are very kind of, when you're dealing with like a state of mind, you know, it's it's kind of fragile in a certain way. I'm sure. You have to kind of create a certain atmosphere that's... Um, conducive to that relationship. Yeah, exactly, mm. conducive and conducive. You know, like an artist's studio needs to have what's the wherewithal. Um, and also it's to do with the way that what happened 
and Davies did not train or appoint a successor. Hmm. So for many, for quite a few decades, BOTA was ran by um, a committee. Well, committees are just not the way in which... Um, you maintain a contact. This kind of thing happens. Yeah. Like it or like it, no, no, because like it or not, you know, the universe is hierarchical. Um, and uh, I'm not saying there isn't trouble, the risk of autocracy. Of course there is. But um, nevertheless, you know, a committee will always go down to its lowest denominator. And at that point, there were several chapters around the world. BOTA was doing very well on the physical plane point of view. And... But what was happening is you had all these people, you know, by now, thousands, getting the courses and the lessons. And, of course, one of the things they would write in about was um, having read the communications between the Master Rakowski and Case, like, um, oh, well, you're now the heads of the school, so you must be doing this. Mm. Well, of course... They weren't. They weren't. Right. And couldn't, you know even if the house had been set on fire and they'd been thrown into the front door, they couldn't do it. <laughs> and therefore, they decided to withdraw the communications from the course itself. Hmm. Wow. So that they wouldn't be asked that particular question. Your spiritual broadcast is sponsored by the Rising Phoenix Foundation. Why not sign up for David Goddard's Letters to Your Spirit? It's free, and once a week, you get a spiritually inspiring message to help you on your path of spiritual discovery. Letters to Your Spirit has many giveaways, free programs, and online workshops that is only shared with Rising Phoenix Foundation community members. Go to rpxf.org and sign up today. Certainly, the ritual work, the proper grade ceremonial work of BOTA had inherited in its own way from uh, Golden Dawn, also started to go downhill hmm. because, you know, it was easier just to be a correspondence course or to do what they call pranaos, which is one of the dullest rituals in creation, which is repeated month after month without variation, apart from Christmas and Easter, and believe me, if that's supposed to be a magical ritual, I'm the Queen of Sheba. Anyway, that aside, you can always cut this from the program. We'll talk to the um, producer. <laughs> yes. But I mean, I'm just being serious because, you know, there's no point, you know, pretending that you're doing theurgy or, or what if, if you're not. Oh, you know. well, exactly. It goes to the point of like running around calling yourself an accepted pupil. And, sure. and in fact, you're actually not. It's the same, comes down to the same thing. And that's part of the reason why the show is what it is, because I think you and I feel, you know, people need to be a little bit more informed about how they take care of their, their spiritual well-being. So, yeah, they should be more savvy, mm -hmm. you know. But anyway, um, so, but the committee, the committee period encouraged this even more because doing the same ritual over and over, in other words, not things that lead to stimulation of higher senses, it's a safe thing to manage. So much easier, yeah. And, of course, correspondence courses. Yeah. 
Well, I remember we, you and I went and we actually visited the builders of the Adatum Temple, uh, the oh, headquarters okay. in Los Angeles. I remember that. Um, uh-huh. And I remember actually seeing, part, I mean, I don't think we saw all of it, but we did see some of the correspondence courses being sort of prepped and made ready to go out and was... Yeah, we saw the temple too. Mm-hmm. In fact, That's I was great. only talking to somebody yesterday morning about the temple and he said, oh, was it good? Now, I've been in a lot of magical temples in my time. Yeah. I usually go you know, twice, you know, once I'm let in and the second time I go back to apologise. <laughs> no, anyway. <laughs> uh, um, but um, I invoked what? Yeah, you did what? Yeah. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> But you may remember, of course, this is the dullest temple in creation. I mean, it was just like some Baptist church thing. It didn't even have the decency to have a black and white square floor. It was just, you know, and then a few large tarakis on the wall. And But, of course, and as you saw, all the staff doing the lessons aren't even members of the school. No. Mm. But, no, it was, it's a strange it's setup. The old, it, yes, very strange setup. Um... It basically, it comes down to as soon as wealth and property come into the equation, corruption isn't too far behind. Mm. Um, you know, a true school works with divine authority, meaning that that's coming down from the masters of wisdom to the thing. But if it consistently fought, fails in that, its work will slowly crumble and, and pass away. And, you know, with Anne Davies and the committee, the closing of lodges and chapters, all the grade work from, um, you know, Zilato, a neophyte, up to Adeptus Mina, the 5-6 material was left incomplete. Oh, really? Wow. Hmm. It's... it's it's um it's it's I've spoken to um BOTA um five sixes and um about the subject and they say, Oh yeah, we got to that stage and then we asked for the, the teachings that were being said about that at various points and they said, Oh, it never got completed, never got done and things, you know. Hmm. Wow. So and of course there has been huge now over the past thirty years, there's been a huge number of blow ups. So there's schisms galore, breakaways of BOTA. Mm. The big break is between, you know, BOTA in the States and what's now called BOTA Europe, which at first was an extension, but then they decided to run off with that load of money and all the rest of the things. And, of course, it's um, also, you know, reflected its own shadow, its own dark mirror into being. Mm. So... It's gone downhill. What do you mean by that? What does what do you mean by what does that mean? That saying mean? Oh, that means is um, well, you know that one of the bases of magic is like cause to like. Mm-hmm. Now that means if a person has some kind of psychological issue that they consistently refuse to look up, you know, look at. To sort to get sorted, or you know, if you look at their life closely, the universe will keep spiraling it back to that point. Mm. You'll see the same kind of issue come up again, and each time slightly more larger and louder, based on the assumption that the person's thick, which is why they didn't ignore it the first time. Mm. Well, you find this, you find this in the history of nations and the histories of peoples and of cultures. 
So I'm going to use a rather large one as an example, um, is uh, if you take the Aztecs. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the Aztecs were a very fierce military people. They'd come in and down from further north, from Arizona down towards Mexico. They'd killed off all the locals. They'd taken over Toltec cities. And although blood sacrifice was very big in the Mesoamerica period, and things, the Aztecs took it to a whole new level. Mm. And after a while, what did they attract to themselves? A dark mirror. Mm. In this case, the Spanish conquistadors. And if you wanted people who were good at letting blood, <laughs> you should, it was the Spanish conquistadors. So the Aztecs shocked even them. Mm. And what they, and they got up to and things. And you will see time and time in history a thing... Um, well, you see how um, all kinds of, of organizations, you know, and, and people create these things and, and then they, they attract to them the negativity. I mean, I'm not for one second saying this excuses what happened. But, you know, if you have, you, you walk around believing you're the chosen people for long enough... You shouldn't be too surprised if another group of people who regard themselves as the master race come into conflict. You know, and mm. this, is, this is just world history. We see this over and over again. And with BOTA, um, not only do they get all of these um, breakaways and schisms, they even got people... I'm thinking, for example, of um, Fraternitatis Lux of Coulta, Mm -hmm. who I nicknamed Flo, mm. I mean, they just take the BOTA lessons, take the covers off and clip their own covers on and sell them to people as their own products, all because the guy who founded it had been in BOTA for years and years, thought he should have succeeded Anne Davies and didn't get it. So basically he, he, he's robbed the whole thing. And so it goes on and on and on. You know... Um, it's, it's always a problem, you know, with this, this kind of work. Um, I think this is probably why the esoteric schools who are doing real work, and I don't mean tr necessarily tra training in this sense, I mean real occult work, mm. which is of help to the world. I think that's basically why such schools are usually quite small and often completely unknown as far as the public's concerned. Yeah, the bigger noisy ones, you know, BOTA, Amork, all that kind of thing, you know. But is this like anything else? Is you know, it's like the Vatican. Hmm. It's not too long before the the stench of scandal begins, to, you know, come up. It sounds like African politics sometimes. Yeah, this sounds rather grim, actually. You know. Um, yeah, well, politics generally. Mm. It just re reinforces uh, why you place so much em emphasis on discernment in this line of work, I think. I, is, I mean, it, that's pretty much, I think, very much why you, you take that line. Um, and I guess this leads me to, to asking a very hard question. I mean, would that imply in terms of sort of where BOTA has found itself now and, you know, they were founded by Paul Foster Case, does this mean that... Um, Paul Foster Case's work failed? 
uh, I would emphatically say no in answer to that question. I admire the question. I think it's, I think you know one should often speak the unspeakable because we're too fond of making little idols and gods. Mm. But one has to look at it in a broader sense. After all, in a certain sense, it comes down to did the person do the best they knew? There's that aspect of it. And um, but also, you, know, you can take it in a bigger sense. You know, at the moment there are some Theravadist Buddhist monks who are encouraging people in the southeast Asia to uh, stick to persecute other people who aren't Buddhist, to stick them on boats and throw them out into the sea, and you know, hmm. all the rest of things. Is the Lord Buddha responsible for that? Well, no, of course he's not. Mm-hmm. Or Jesus, was he responsible personally for the Inquisition? No, he wasn't. Mm. And, and so it is. I mean, you know, evolution is always a kind of up and down or three steps forward and two backwards. Or on a bad day, I might say three forward and two and a half backwards. But mm. today I'll say three forward and two backwards. It's always this thing, you know, um, Foster Case himself was a, was a man of um, vast spiritual integrity. Uh, when we talk about BOTA making money, it wasn't in the same way of, of Amok, which has kind of always been money-orientated, mm. you know, from the very beginning. Uh, for Case, it was always just enough to keep heads above the waters and things. Um, and... Uh, uh, like he and W. E. Butler, you know, were spiritual brothers. They would visit each other in Body of Light about once a fortnight. Mm. In those days, there wasn't Skype, and there wasn't, and they couldn't afford overseas calls, phone calls. Oh, and Skype things. definitely not much worth anything, anyhow. <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, and you know, Casey's writings are still, in my view, in the English language, without equal. Mm. Fond as I am, and as much respect as I have for Dion Fortune and for W. Butler, um, is uh, nowadays, Case is still, people can still understand Case, what he's writing about. And things. Oh, I'm not saying that one would have to agree with every single thing he said, you know, hook, line and sinker, hmm. but then that's what we're talking about, isn't it, about discernment. Is That's not what it's about. It's about... Um, you know, the real thing. So it's just that, you know, um, and Casey's writings are also infused by the wisdom master, the conversation who is regarded as the, the head of um, all the Western schools who use the ceremonial approach. Mm. Um, and um, it's just that, you know, because of the history, we've learned to stay away from the organizations in the same way as like, you get the independent sacramental churches, you know, they who broke away from Rome and things like that mm. because of the corruption and the power playing. Mm-hmm. So, so we say they, they voted with their feet, you know. Right. Gareth Knight had to vote with his feet from Dion Fortune's school long after she was dead, mind you. Mm-hmm. So, okay, he wasn't perfect. But, you know, none of us are naive enough anymore to think that Perfection on the earth plane is, you know, mm. very likely. Um, but he was a great servant of the divine who extended the light in his day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good end, a note to end on as well, I think. Um, 
I think Paul Foster Case, listening to you, I mean, you obviously have, I mean, I know you've got a great deal of respect for, for his work and, and his influence. And I think he, it's touched many, many people's lives. So I, I oh, would, thousands, yeah, thousands. I would recommend to our listeners, you know, look up Paul Foster Case. I'll put some links on the the show's website and on this specific show's page and they can look up and see sort of what is available at least publicly at this point in time. Thanks again for your time, David. This was um, David Goddard from the Rising Phoenix Foundation. I'm Benjamin Phillips, and you've been listening to your spiritual broadcast. You can find the show on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can rate the show. You can tell us how great we are or how bad we are. Um, <laughs> you can even send in questions. In fact, I encourage you to send in questions. The email address to use is questions at yourspiritualbroadcast.com. And, um, or you can use the website, which is also yourspiritualbroadcast.com. And thanks again for listening. It's been a pleasure, and it's always lovely hearing from listeners. Uh, we've got listeners all over the world, and it seems like the show is reaching more and more people. And thank you, David. I think it's, it's, a, it's a testament to all your hard work, your knowledge that you're willing to share with people. And thanks again for the time. Appreciate it, and have a lovely day. And it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from him. <laughs> <laughs>